0: Number one, this is Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm Chad Dotson. Welcome back. With me today is our good friend, not his first go-around uh, on this uh, on this podcast, and definitely not going to be his last if I have anything to say about it. It's our buddy Jason Linden. Jason has uh, been an editor at Red Leg Nation for like 40 years or something now. God, it's uh, been a
1: long time
0: it, ha- it has been a long time.
1: <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I've been writing about baseball for a really long time, and I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> Believe me, I understand. I don't You turn around and you've been doing it for a decade. It's crazy. Um, Let me go ahead and say now, if you haven't read it yet, I want to talk about it again because it's still one of my favorite things that I've read in the last few years. you got to go to uh, get uh, Jason's book, When the Sparrow Sings. and It's about baseball. But it's a novel, and I know we talked about. It, I think the last time you were here, but you want to just briefly uh, throw that out there, right here on the top, so maybe we can go get people to. Sure,
1: I'll always, I'll always promote everything, including my year-old book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. When the Sparrow Sings uh, basically is about a um, guy. This gives away nothing because it happens on the first like page. Um, who is a a very good pitcher on a team that's going to be in the World Series, and right before the World Series is supposed to begin, uh, his dad dies in a car accident, and then. Uh, you know the question theoretically is, do you pitch or not, but of course he has to pitch, and so then the basically the whole novel takes place over the course of that game that he 's pitching, and you get a lot of his like kind of strained relationship with his dad and stuff um, and the thing I always like to throw out about it because I can is that Joe Posnanski likes it
0: <laughs> so that 's big that 's huge yeah
1: that 's my synopsis
0: excellent yeah no uh, if you 've not re- if for some reason you 've been reading red leg nation and uh, and haven 't uh, or listened to the podcast and haven 't gone and read that yet. you got to get it. So uh when the sparrow sings, Jason Lennon. Now, so now let's get uh let's get to the podcast, uh, Jason. How you been? Uh I've been doing all right.
1: How are you how how have you been, Chad?
0: Oh, just uh enjoying <laughs> this red season like you would not believe. They're so
1: good. Oh, I mean, you think it's going to be a sweep in the World Series, right?
0: <laughs> Probably. If we I make mean... it, yes, well, the Reds will get swept swept <laughs> It, it's been a disaster, but I think, you know, and I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think you sort of share the way I have. It's sort of a lovable mess in the sense that, uh, you know, the bullpen, you just got to laugh at it because it's, it's it's awful. But there are also, you know, you can start to see some of the threads of this so-called uh, rebuilding, and, and you can squint a little bit and see how this might fall into place and that might fall into place. And to me, there's some value in that. We knew the Reds weren't going to compete. So at least there are some uh, interesting storylines that we can follow. I, I, I've... It, I've, been, I've still been watching every game, just about.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible team, but we knew it was going to be a terrible team, which is way better than, like, last year when everybody was like, oh, maybe they'll be pretty good, and then they were terrible. Um, you know, knowing they're going to be bad, and it's like, well, we're just going to throw garbage out there for the first half of the season, and then we'll start to come, call up some of the young guys, and maybe it'll get a little better. That's, that's a little easier to swallow then. Oh, this team is supposed to make the playoffs. Oh, wait, no, they're in last place.
0: Right. And, you know, they lost 98 last year, may lose 98 again this year or more. Uh, they were on pace to lose 111 at one point here the last couple of weeks, although they have been resurgent here lately. They but have. I think that this is uh, really a mirror image uh, of last season in the sense that, like you said, last year uh, they tried to pretend, first of all, that they could compete. And then... <laughs> At the beginning of the year, they had uh, you know the Quatos and the the Leaks and uh, all these guys. And the second half was a time when we saw, well, you started you know seventy eight rookie pitchers in a row. That may <laughs> that, that may be hyperbole, but it's close.
1: I, I don't think that's really hi, hi, hyperbole. That's
0: actually I think really close to how many starts in a row by rookie pitchers. Well, right, number of starts absolutely was true. Um. This year, though, maybe second half there's a little bit more hope uh, that we'll get to see some things that are that are interesting as opposed to last year. Don't you think? Oh, I think so. Uh,
1: a lot of hope. I'm I'm especially excited for Cody Reed. Um, you've, been, I've, uh, you've
0: been banging the drum for Cody Reed here lately.
1: I, I have. I, I through through. Uh, I suppose you know, uh, a bit of good luck. Redleg Nation got a press pass to Louisville Bats games this year, and um, I've been able to go and watch them quite a bit because I'm the one who got the press pass. Since I'm lucky enough to live in Louisville, um, and. Boy, he's just, he's really good. Um, (laughs) That's one way to put it. You know, I mean, I know it's AAA, right? And AAA is is not the majors. Um, But, boy, when I've seen him, you know, one of the things um, I've talked to some people about, just kind of on text messages and stuff, that I've noticed watching this many minor league games, is you can tell the guys who don't really belong in AAA, like, they just kind of look better than everybody else. And every time he's on the field, Cody Reed looks better than everybody else. Um, and that's not just a sentiment I have. You know, I've talked to other people up in the press box. They feel that way. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people in the Bats organization say that, that, you know, he comes out and pitches, uh, and you know what's going on. And, you know, maybe the most, certainly he's had some really wonderful dominant starts. I, I saw him take a no-hitter to, the, I think, the seventh, Uh, one time I went out, um, I was in the stands with my kids that day, but, um, but, uh, there was a road trip start where he went out and, um, he just got slaughtered in the first inning. He gave up the grand slam and and five runs total in the first inning. And then he came out and he pitched five more innings and struck out seven. And I believe he faced the minimum. So what happened was he went down and, uh, Ted Power, the pitching coach was like, Hey, you need to make this adjustment. And he made it and came out and dominated so he didn't get rattled. He had a bad inning like pictures will have from time to time. And then he was just like, no, I'm, I'm fine now, and just destroyed the opposition for the rest of the game. So Cody Reed, I'm very excited. I think Cody Reed is much, much better than Robert Stevenson, which is not to say anything bad about Stevenson. I just think, uh, I think Cody Reed actually has the potential to be uh, a Johnny Cueto-type picture.
0: Johnny Cueto. That name sounds familiar. Oh, that's who they—that's <laughs> who they traded uh, to get Cody Reed, uh, among others. Um, and that trade looks better and better every day. Even though we all love Cueto, I'll
1: well, miss I'm I'm Cueto things. until I die. That's yeah. just do
0: it. No question. One of the uh, Cueto is and will be one of the best uh, pitchers that we're ever going to see in a Reds uniform during our lifetimes. Uh, what I love about Reed is that he just turned 23. He displays that maturity that you're talking about. Uh, and sort of an understanding of the game. He's just he's been he's been young for his a, uh, level at every level, uh, and uh, and liable to be at age 23 in the major leagues very soon, maybe for the rest of you know for good.
1: Uh, that's creepy. yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, I, when, once he calls up, I don't think he's going. Gets called up, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I mean, <laughs> who are they going to throw out there? Other,
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, the red stink. But if you can't get excited about the, the, the possibility that we're going to see Cody Reed and Robert Stevenson, who you just mentioned, and I know it's uh, you, you thought when you said it, it sounded a little bit like a criticism. I know it's not. Stevenson is a great prospect as well and is doing very well at uh, AAA as well. But both those guys could be up, I and mean, you could be talking about the uh, top two in your uh, rotation or at least two of the top three or so for the next five, six, seven years. I mean, it's just, a, that's
1: yeah. I think Stevenson, from what I've seen of him, and I haven't seen him as much as I've seen Cody Reed, and I, you know, uh, people who watch just the Reds have seen him for a couple starts this year. Um, I think he has has the potential to be very good, but I think control is a little bit more of an issue for him. Um, you know, the most recent start I saw him, he had uh, he he just got shelled. It was it was awful. And he couldn't he couldn't find the plate half the time. But we found out later from uh, the Shields uh, after the game that he had a cut finger that he didn't tell anybody about. So um on his pitching Uh, hand, right so that that explained that but he's had kind of some up and down control issues he's the kind of pitcher right now where if he comes out and he's in that mode where he's finding the plate then he's great and if he's in that mode where he's not then it's you know maybe kind of a little bit of young randy johnson (laughs) (laughs) right look out watch out for the mascot and that kind of thing
0: absolutely but again the key word there to me that i that i hear is young i mean you know Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh Also
1: also 23
0: yeah also 23 years old and and so those are two guys. And then you think those guys are going to be in your rotation probably the second half of the year, maybe very soon for both of them. Uh, Anthony DiScafani back, Homer Bailey back. Uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good group of four pitchers that the Reds have not had up to this point. It's a, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Cody Reed right now is on. I don't know if this is on purpose or just. Has worked out so uh, worked out as such, but he's currently on the same starting schedule as Juan Alfredo Simon. So, um, you know, whenever they decide they want to end that experiment, they can call Cody Reed up that day to take his place.
0: I can't imagine why they'd want to replace Alfredo Simon in the rotation with uh, with Cody Reed. That doesn't make any sense. Simon has been spectacular. For the Reds this year with that nine point one one ERA, oh uh, yeah, I know uh, that's that's the lowest it's been in a while though, actually. So, but it's not that bad. His uh, his FIP is seven point one nine, so it's not quite as bad as it looks.
1: <laughs> so he's actually he's he's actually only in eight runs per nine inning pitcher.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So come on, let's let's how how about we not speak of him again. The guy I do want to talk about is a guy that I had really had high hopes would be in the mix for that number one, number two. Still have high hopes that it might be the case. But it's uh, Roselle Iglesias, who's, who's on the uh, disabled list right now. And the Reds announced uh, last, this past week that when he comes back this year, Iglesias is going to work out of the bullpen. And that makes me unhappy in one sense, that I don't want him to get stuck in the bullpen for no good reason. But on the other hand, there may be a very good reason, which is that his shoulder just can't handle the rigors of starting. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but we did know that some of these young guys, when it all shook out, would end up being in the bullpen. I, I fear that that's going to be Iglesias, even though he yeah. has the stuff in my mind to be a, a number one starter.
1: That's how I feel. I mean, he's the one, you know, of that crop other than maybe Cody Reed, who I was the most excited about.
0: Oh, me too, yes. Um, and, I mean, you
1: know, when you see him pitch, it's, it's, you see why you're excited. But, um, you know, in Cuba, right, he was a reliever. So the Reds were kind of trying something with the conversion to starting pitcher. Um, and so that might not end up working out for them, which would be too bad. On the other hand, you know, eventually they're going to need the bullpen to occasionally record an inning in which the opponent does not score.
0: So. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and, and, you know, with his stuff, uh, you, you're talking about closer material uh, as well, if that happens to be oh, the case. Yeah, so. certainly. I mean, I think,
1: I think he'll come back to the bullpen and probably any time the Reds have a lead in the eighth or ninth year it comes
0: well, you got a Cuban with all kinds of talent that could be a number one starter that they sit in the bullpen, and I start, you know, I get uh, uh, this pain yes. in my, in my uh, temple and start twitching uh, <laughs> because uh, I'm still upset about Aroldis, but here there's probably a much better, if, if that's what happens.
1: I, I, I agree, and I think the people who were responsible for what happened with Chapman are no longer really with the organization um, and so I think that, or at least not in, in the position where the, to make that happen. So the Reds, as far as I can tell, uh, have been pretty open about what's going on with Iglesias. And it makes a lot more sense to me than anything with Chapman ever did.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I can't criticize. I mean, I can. I love criticizing. But uh, this particular instance, I really mm-hmm. want Iglesias to be a starter just because he's so good. Uh, I, just, I love watching him pitch. I kind of He reminds me, not really in the way he pitches, well, in one way. Uh, of Bronson Arroyo because I just used, used to love watching Arroyo the way he would uh, change his arm angles and change speeds. Iglesias is kind of like that with actual real stuff, you know, so uh, he was going to be fun to watch. He's still going to be fun to watch. I hope he, hope the shoulder can hold up, uh, bullpen or, or starter either way. Um, so those are some pretty good reasons to be excited about the second half and then on into the next few years. Uh, well and
1: then uh tomorrow, right, uh we've got uh Desclafani back. Disco
0: comes back. Disco is yeah. back.
1: So that's that's good news. Um and I saw his second to last rehab stat um st- rehab start with Louisville and, and right. got to talk to him a little bit after, and he looked really sharp. Um, you know, really Really good. Good job changing speeds. He hit 97 on the radar gun.
0: That's not bad. Uh,
1: just with one pitch, he had three pitches that went above 94. He had a 97, a 96, and 95, and he sat around 94, which is still a bit faster than he was last year.
0: Oh, listen, sitting 94—that's fantastic as far as I'm yeah.
1: concerned. He looked—he looked really good. Um, and yeah, so I'm—I'm I'm excited to have him back in the Reds rotation. That—that that should be, you know, every five days. No reason to fear, at least about the starting pitching.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah, and and, you know, people forget uh, what a uh, sort of a revelation he was at times last year. You could you could see at times this guy's got it. I mean, he's he can be a legit. He's probably not a number one starter material, but man, this is a guy that can be a serious contributor in the next good Reds rotation, whenever that is. He's he's I think
1: a very solid sort of number three type starter. Um, You know, I kind of I wrote a post a while ago. And I still I stand by this, saying that Homer Bailey, by the end of the year, may be the fifth best pitcher in the rotation.
0: If, if Iglesias were starting, I think they yeah. probably, could, you know, well, I, mean, I guess there's a question about it, but uh, that's not, yeah, not you, on too much of a limb.
1: If, if things, if they, basically if things worked out, if, if, if guys performed to, to their potential, you know, I, I think, I, I don't have any question in my mind, really, I'm probably hyping him too much at this point. But I feel like Reed is going to be better than Bailey um iglesias i think we all understand why it would be and then you've got desclafani and stevenson and it's like well you could kind of lump them in a group with bailey almost you know and it's uh it's it's one of those things where it's like i feel i felt like for a number of years reds fans really didn't appropriately appreciate mike leake because he was the fifth best pitcher on the team but he would have been the third best pitcher on a lot of other quite good teams um and uh and i think you know it's that we're about to have another one of those crops. And, you know, if these guys don't work out, it's not like they don't have 17 other uh, pitching prospects down there. So <laughs> surely they can cobble together a, a good starting rotation over the next couple of years.
0: Absolutely, yeah. We've not even talked about guys like Amir Garrett. I mean, they're, uh, they're, there's a really, really good scenario you can uh, imagine and really not be too far off the mark where you could list out five really nice starting pitchers. And then you talk about guys like Iglesias and Lorenzen in the bullpen. That changes mm-hmm. the way that bullpen looks. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, your pitching staff's in pretty good shape for the next few years.
1: Finnegan's probably destined for the bullpen eventually. Finnegan, um,
0: hadn't you mentioned him. He's been fantastic. Uh, John Lamb, who is, you know, certainly not, <laughs> he's not a world beater,
1: but you don't, you don't mind him as a middle innings guy at all.
0: No, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, Lamb could work his way to be the fourth or fifth guy in the rotation, you know, yeah, uh, There's as, as well. So.
1: so much, so much potential in the starting rotation. Um, so much potential, I think.
0: Oh, it's the single biggest reason to be optimistic about this team's future. Uh, I think they really did a good job, uh, Walt Jockey, you got to give him credit in, in some respects, in turning turning over some of these uh, guys they had to trade into legit legit pitchers. Now, what are they going to do on the offensive side? That's going to remain to be seen. There are a lot more, lot more holes to fill there, a lot more questions. But And I will
1: also, while we're kind of talking about it, give give kudos to the Reds for once for seeming to really stick to a plan, which was... This year, we're not going to worry about winning. We're going to worry about reloading or whatever for for the next couple of years. And they've done that. Like, I mean, this—oh boy—the Reds have been
0: bad. Right. They didn't I, panic during that eleven-game losing streak.
1: Right. They weren't like, oh no, we've got to no, we've got to you know bring some guys up. Well, let's let's promote the prospects so that they're winning. Like, and it's you know I know some Reds fans got really out of joint about it, but I don't care. <laughs> like, I just I just don't care if they're gonna. If they're going to stink, let them stink. It's not like they're going to get anywhere near the playoffs. I'd much rather they, like, make sacrifices this year to be really good next year instead of, make, you know, pull some guys in and, okay, maybe we win 74 this year and 80 next year. No. Like, no. Win 60 this year and 85 next year. You know, it, it, not that it'll work that way, but, you know, I feel like that's sort of more their approach, which I'm happy about.
0: Oh, me too. I, no, no question, you know. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, you think about Homer Bailey's uh... – first start, when his debut, you know, it was a bad team, and they kind of, maybe more PR than just about anything else, and brought him yeah. up when maybe he wasn't completely ready.
1: Well, and there was that whole, whole decade, right, where, it, where, <laughs> where they tried to sell it like it was going to be a good team, and the best they could ever manage was mediocre, because they never, they never dedicated themselves to really, you know, letting that, that sort of talent grow when it needed to grow.
0: Right, uh, right, right, addressing the fundamental problems that have caught that have caused yeah. them to be non-competitive, and... And and you hope they're gonna the first term I'd like to use because of all things uh, until we get an NBA team in Cincinnati I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan and trust the process has been their uh, motto until they fired they panicked and fired their GM so or well he forced him to resign basically so uh, so far the Reds are trusting the process though so whatever I don't know if it's the right plan that they've laid out I don't know if it's going to work but they are sticking to it so far and I think it's got as good a chance as anything else that the, that this franchise that this organization is likely to do. It's got as good a chance of success. Uh, I I think so far so good.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I agree. So far so good.
0: Now the question is going to be, how do you fill in some of these spots on the offensive side of the ledger that are going to be problems for the next few years? You know, Jesse Winker is maybe going to be up. Uh, Jose Peraza might be, might be a player, you know, other than that, not a whole lot waiting in the wings. Uh, in
1: the minors yeah we do have um philip Irvin coming eventually um he seems to have i've, I've kind of been watching him closely I, he's just some some prospect i happened to get interested in a few years ago and he and winker both had that same wrist injury that one that jay bruce had a few years back that just kind of kills your power for a oh, while yeah um and uh Irvin's power has really come back i always tell people when they look at his numbers that league that double a league that he plays in and Doug Gray can tell you all about this, but it um, really is is hard on... It's a really pitching-heavy league um, with the stadiums, so you can't pay attention to batting average at all, but if you look at him relative to his league, he's really, really tearing it up, um, and I'm kind of waiting for him to get promoted to Louisville so I can watch him. Oh. Um, but, but he's, a, I think he's a potential uh, outfield solution as well coming, um, though he's, you know, uh, I think a year older than Winker and a little bit behind Winker, so there, there's an extra ask Asterisk there, certainly, but there's at least some potential there. But, yeah, you're right. Other than that, there's not too much in the system, hitting-wise, um, especially the, the spot that I've been really scared of lately since it looks like uh, Mesoraco is probably uh, – let's put it this way. I don't think you can count on Mesoraco as an everyday player at this point. Um, S- it, such th- a
0: shame because uh, – and I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but that was a position that we sort of had marked down as being one that uh, was set for the next few years.
1: Yeah, and now it looks like a black hole for the yeah. next few um, which is, which is a scary thing.
0: It is. It's unfortunate because, uh, well, we all love Miseraco.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: what do you think about Adam Duvall? I know he's the flavor of the month and he has been fantastic. I have not one complaint about Adam Duvall right now, but I do. <laughs> well, I do have a complaint. I actually, I'll, I'll let you make that complaint, but yeah, it, it's hard to complain right now because he's doing so many other things. Well,
1: he's uh, hitting so many home runs and he does look so good out there and left. Um, and the numbers back it up that it, it, it is hard but and i, I also know that I'm, sh- I'm sure you know exactly what my issue is with adam Duval, because i think we've talked about it on twitter um but uh yeah he doesn't walk any and he doesn't walk any in an historic kind of way like i've been staring and staring and staring at the numbers and you just you can't walk as little as adam Duval walks and be a good hitter in the long term it's not possible no one has – he's either entirely unique in the history of Major League Baseball or um, he's Wile Coyote who's uh, run off the cliff and hasn't looked down yet.
0: Right. And what concerns me is that, uh, you know, we could be talking small sample size. Maybe, you know, his plate distance is not as bad as it looks because it's just a couple months. But then you start to drill down a little bit, and he's, he's swinging at a lot of pitches outside the zone. But he's uh, – I'm going to have to see if I can remember this correctly, but he's had fewer pitches thrown to him out of the zone than, uh, than any other red, I think. So,
1: yeah, he's, he's getting plenty of pitches in the strike zone, but yeah. he's still swinging at things out of the zone, which means, you know, basically I assume that, you know, he's still relatively new and pitchers haven't figured out that they don't have to throw him strikes yet. Um, and, you know, you, the thing about you said that, that maybe we're dealing with small sample size of his walk rate – Maybe, but the the thing that's scary is that his minor league numbers aren't that much better in that category. Right. Like they're a little better like you would expect minor league numbers to be, but not in a, oh wow, you know, this is something weird going on here. i'm 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 scared about adam duvall i think people are getting i you know as with any reds player i hope that he continues to be a wonderful player forever i hope he hits a million home runs and i don't care if he walks one percent of the time if he hits 80 home runs you know (laughs) great cool but i don't think it's particularly likely and i think people are getting more excited than his performance merits because it is it has been such an exciting sort of little period
0: there Sure, And you heard it here first, uh, Jason Linden right here on Red Leg Nation Radio said that it's possible that Adam Duvall could hit 80 home runs. I heard it. Uh, well, let me, you know, what surprised me about Adam Duvall, obviously the you know, home runs didn't really surprise me that much because he's always been a power hitter. 6'11 slugging percentage, that's, that's going to be difficult to sustain. Yeah. But his reputation was as a hack with a glove. And by every measure, including the eye test, he's actually doing a pretty good job at in left field, and, and that yeah. really surprised me because I did not expect that.
1: Well, it was as a hack with the glove at third base, right? I not exactly, He been prim- yes. primarily a third baseman in the minors, and then they finally decided, oh, wait, no, 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 you can't actually do that, so we're going to let you play the outfield. Um, and, yeah, he's been, I, I think, a lot better out there than anybody expected him to be. Um, and so if he can keep it up, you know, then Cool.
0: Well, that provides some value, and then if you uh, regresses uh, to the mean, and you know, with the power, he's not going to get on base a lot, but with the power, maybe, uh, maybe he can be an average hitter overall, and, and with good defense, and that's something that's actually better than most of what we've had in left field for the last, well, since Adam Dunn. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, maybe we can live with that for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just scared because I don't think it's even going to last to the end of this season. I really, I, I really, really don't. I keep, I've looked at the numbers so many times trying to find a way to say, like, okay, here's the angle that Adam Duvall is working, and I just I cannot find one.
0: Well, and, and one of our other guys at Red Lake Nation, Chris Garber, suggested, I think yesterday on Twitter, you know, it really might not be a bad idea to think, think about trading Adam Duvall right now because when is his value going to be higher? Yeah,
1: well, and I I had a similar post on on Red nation and and got at least semi torn apart by it by by select people and it's just like
0: that completely completely uh, skipped my mind. But yes, that was a great post and it did get a lot of uh, a lot of engagement. Let us say about trading them and and I think it's a reasonable you know. But the other the other flip side of that is that other teams have to know the same things that we know. You know that it's not likely to last but maybe somebody's desperate
1: well yeah you know my my kind of thought on that is that um and i don't know i need to look into this and see but i I have this kind of theory that that since 10 teams make the playoffs now there are so many more buyers than sellers that you know what you aim for is some team that's just desperate to improve in any way and just see what you can get um i feel like the the handful of sellers ought to be able to ask more for more than they used to be able to ask for because almost everybody's a buyer the Reds definitely should be sellers this year, um, relatively speaking. So, you know, if somebody will give you a legit prospect for him, take it. You know, maybe don't take some sort of non-prospect or some C-level prospect. And in that case, see what Duvall does. And, you know, worst case scenario, maybe he's a, you know, fourth outfielder who hits you a home run every now and again. Yeah. Um, But if you can get something legit for him as the trade deadline approaches, then do it.
0: Well, absolutely. I I think... I think we all thought he was a throw-in in that uh, Mike Leake trade, basically. Duvall was. I think we all thought, well, if he turns out to be sort of a fourth outfitter with some pop, that's, you know, that's pretty good. That'll help a team. Um, An all-star, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You know I, I don't think any of us yeah. saw him be in that conversation. But
1: And uh, speaking of, of potential
0: Reds all-stars, we ought to talk about Zach Kozart. Who? Uh, oh, Cozart, right. The shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, what a year. My goodness. Right? Uh, and he keeps hitting. He's actually keeps getting a little better.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's... uh, You know, I, I was a Cozart booster for a really, really long time, and then he just had that horrible year in 2014, and I was looking at his age, and I was like, okay, we've got our useful years out of Zach Cozart. You know, he came up late. He wasn't supposed to be good for, for long anyway. Time to, you know, time to send him back and, like, trade him, send him on his way, and then... You know, last year before he got hurt, and then into this year, you know, he's had 400 plate appearances now, and he's generated more than three wins above replacement in those 400 plate appearances.
0: That's a really good
1: shortstop.
0: Um, yeah, who, who saw that coming? Not me. Uh, I was like you, uh, sort of. I mean, I was really down on his hitting, but I did. I, I wrote, wrote a uh, a piece for, I think, for Cincinnati Magazine after that terrible year. Um, Saying, I think the title was actually in defense of Zach Cozart, saying that he's so good with the glove that if he can just hit a little bit better, yeah, this is a guy that's worth having in your lineup. If you bat him eighth and, uh, uh, and he, he gets back to – because he had pop early in his career and he just lost it for a couple of years. It's yeah, it's kind now. of the,
1: the Billy Hamilton thing, right, where it's like you don't have to be great. You just have to hit good enough.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, never did I expect him to – he's much better than good enough right now. You know, the three Oh three batting average three thirty two on this no, percentage. We, uh, if he were to homers. do all year long, he's a fringe MVP candidate. Yeah. When you when you combine it with, with his glove, which as I said, when I talked to, to Bill, uh, lack in one of our last podcasts, he, his, he's not missed a step defensively. I was afraid that he was, that injury was so horrific last year. I was afraid he'd lose a step, but I, yeah, you know, it's been I mean, really good. It's been good. And, uh, <laughs> but what do you do with the guy he's 30 years well, old
1: that's that's the question right and yeah. you know i think there was some chatter about this on on twitter today i think because everybody's kind of thinking about the draft and we'll probably get to that a little later but like you know i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite here and that's okay i'm, I'm fine with contradicting myself i contain multitudes and all that um but cozart doesn't walk either <laughs> you know his his career walk rate is 4.7%. He's walking 4% of the time this year. Like he doesn't walk either, but what he does do that that Duval doesn't do is make contact. Yes. You know, he's striking out at below the league average instead of way above the, ble- the league average. And Cozart only strikes out about 13% of the time right now, which is much better than the league average. I was looking at all these numbers this morning for a column I'll have in a, in a while. Um, but it was uh, I think the league average right now is right around 21%. So he's making contact with the ball, and that's when I've spent all this time sort of delving into – sort of low walk rate players and, and stuff like that it's the the one thing that's commonly shown up is that if you're going ge- to generate value as a low walk rate player you got to put the bat on the ball and Kozard's doing that and if he keeps doing that I'm kind of and you know he's 400 plate appearances now of being a really good hitter um I'm kind of coming around to the idea that you know maybe you're like hey Zach you know how about if we extend you through maybe your age 34 season oh, wow. and you know Worst case, you know, well, he's got, looking at this, one more year of team control after this. And if he's, you know, his numbers right now have him at about a a four-and-a-half, five-win player over a full season. There aren't too many shortstops like that.
0: No, there are not.
1: And the Reds don't have anybody coming through the system who everyone is sure can play shortstop. There's Peraza who we'll talk about, but I think people are kind of mixed on him. And I can talk about why with that in, in a minute. But if Kozart... Is a good is good for say you know three four wins at shortstop. Keep him around, and and he doesn't seem to me like the kind of guy who's gonna. If he hits that point where he's not producing, where he's gonna like, lose his mind. If you're like okay, you know you're our utility infielder now, um, you know I, I think he probably would ex- accept that transition if it happened. Um, I don't know. I, I I I'm very undecided on Cozart. Should they trade him or keep him? I'm very on the fence. I want to hear what you think about it. Actually,
0: well, see, I'm ne- I never trust my opinion on these questions for reasons that will become apparent when we talk about Jay Bruce here in a second. Uh, because it's just a it's a matter of my heart and my head colliding. Uh, me trying to be analytical while also acknowledging that I'm just a Reds fan, and I and I get to you know you get to know these guys that are wearing the uh, Cincinnati laundry and and you grow attached to him a little bit. I'm still a, still an 8-year-old kid in that respect. And so if they were to sign Zach Cozart, uh you you won't hear me complain. I think there's a an argument to be made, it's defensible. Probably if I'm in charge, I don't know that I'm still You're right, we are we are right, near, right around 400 uh plate appearances. Yeah. Ooh, that he's been awfully good. Um if he's Gosh. Not, it's, it's
1: long enough now that it makes you really think, doesn't it? It does, it's,
0: yes. It makes makes not, you think it's
1: real. It's two thirds of a season, and I because I'm a nerd and this is what I do. I went and checked and see when all to see when all of his numbers statistically speaking stabilized, because you know like batting average is famously erratic. You need like more than a season's worth of numbers to figure out somebody's true talent on batting average. But all the important numbers, all the peripheral numbers that changed on him, the 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 um you know, the, the power numbers and, and the on-base numbers and stuff like that, they've all had enough time now to stabilize them. where over the course of those, you know, that sort of third of a season he got last year and the third of a season he's had this year, he's had enough plate appearances that, that it's legit, it, it holds.
0: Well, you know, he was 29 last year, and how many players become a real player at 29, a real uh, hitter? But he it, wasn't an awful hitter before those two, what, what was it, two terrible, terrible seasons. You know, it was
1: really it was really just one terrible season. It was just 2014. I'm staring at his numbers right now. Like, 2012, 2013, he posted basically the same numbers. He was a little bit worse in 2013, but not really. You know, kind of right around 20% below league average, which for an elite defensive shortstop is fine. Right. Um, but, you know, he just... And, and he hit okay in the minors, too. He wasn't a bad hitter in the minors. Um, you know, kind of often old for the league, which you have to pay attention to, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I was already this year, like, okay, he'll come out, and he'll be kind of Zach Kozart and we'll trade him, and it'll be fine. But he just kept doing what he did last year, you know, even a little better, as you pointed out. Um, and it's just like, well, I don't, I don't know. Should they trade him? He's 30. You know, I don't like the idea of extending a 30-year-old shortstop. Oh, no, no. But, right, but who else do they have coming? And, you know, I guess to kind of go along with that, you know, I'm I'm one of these people. I can't really say I'm not, but – Um. You know, I think one of the things about being a Reds fan is you get tied up in money and salaries, right? And I think we sometimes forget what, like, the league, uh, the sort of the going rate is, right? So, like, Phillips, Brandon Phillips, is not having a good year this year, but he's been declining for a while, right? But he's already made enough money that even if he's a replacement player, or uh, contributed enough value, that even if he's a replacement player... For the next two years, he earned his contract, which yes. surprised me when I actually looked at the numbers. But it's true; by the going rate, Brandon Phillips has already earned his contract that he signed with the Reds.
0: And I think a lot of us at the time thought, "What a ridiculous contract for an yeah. aging second baseman!" Yeah, and he had. He, did, he had.
1: And I did too. And so, you know, if and he signed that when he was what, like thirty, right? right yeah. Around and so if, if Cozart, you know, you're not going to have to get, he doesn't have the track record that Phillips had, so you're not going to have to give him that much money. If you can extend him to 34 and, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, say it's $35 million or $30 million, like, I, you know, I don't necessarily mind that. I think that he's probably going to be worth that. In worst case scenario, he's a utility infielder for the last couple of years of it. Yeah. Of course, it's easy to spend somebody else's $30 million. But.
0: It is, but in the, in the, the, the grand conversation, that's... That's not a ton of money. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'd like to have it, but uh, it's not a ton of money. And you know, you you can make a legitimate argument that he'll earn that if you believe he is who we've seen for the last 400 plate appearances, and uh, every single day evidence mounts. That's he is he is different. And, uh, I mean,
1: whoever thought that we would be approaching mid-June and Zach Cozart would have a slugging percentage of 532. Right, I know. <laughs> it just it, it it boggles the mind.
0: A slugging percentage eighty-five points or something higher than Joey Votto? Uh, no, <laughs> I would not have expected that. So, and and you know, he's just he's a good representative of the organization. I think the. Uh, they're just there's no downside to Zach Cozart right now he's doing great, and I'm wishing him all the success he he can have and I hope I would love to see him get that first all star game selection this year. I think it'd be a great reward for a for a guy that's been a pretty good red a better red than most think I believe since he yeah since I, think, he came I out. think so too I think he's
1: an underrated red i do too um, and and you know also it's one of the people talk a lot about you know what's fun to watch, and I, I got into an argument on Twitter with somebody who was like, you know, walks are boring. And it's like, well, you know, walks actually kind of are boring. But great defense is not boring. And, and you know, Zach Cozart is not a boring player to watch. He's a fun player to watch. Um, and, you know, I am pro-fun.
0: Absolutely. And in an alternate universe, Cozart's got a couple of gold gloves right now, too, and maybe he's not as underrated because I think he's that level of, has been over his career, oh, that level of short
1: I, I mean, it's just it's just Simmons, you know. Yeah, like
0: Exactly. <laughs> what are
1: you going to do? You you come along at the same time as the next Aussie Smith, and that's uh, okay. You know, that's bad luck on your part.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, a uh, sort of a similar argument, I think, in a lot of ways, is is Jay Bruce, and I don't know which way I fall on him either. But I think I may. I don't know. Uh, I think it's my heart getting in the way, but I I, I lean on talking to him. Uh, I lean in the direction of saying, "Hey, is there some way we can get an extension done?" He's he's just twenty nine.
1: Um, Boy, I, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I love Jay Bruce so much.
0: Right. The like, colors the way we look at it, yeah.
1: On a personal level, like, you know, I, I happened to see his very first game with the Reds, and I live in Louisville, so it's not like I'm up there every day. And I saw him play when he was in Louisville, and, you know, he's just somebody who I got attached to very early on. And as a hitter this year, he's, it's Jay Bruce, and so blah, 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 streakiness, blah, blah, right. blah but he's having right now the best offensive season he's ever had. Yeah. And he is still pretty young, right? He's oh, he's 29. He's a, he's a year younger than Zach Kozar.
0: <laughs> I know it seems like he's been around forever, but still just 29. Mm.
1: And the the issue with him though, right, is
0: defense, which has declined
1: and it's visibly so and the numbers agree. Yes. I mean, you know, the I'm looking at his stat page on FanGraphs right now, and they have him because of his defense at basically a replacement level player right now. Like he is, yeah, he's reaching Adam Dunn levels on defense now.
0: Now, don't you go criticizing Adam Dunn on this podcast? I will not stand for it. And now, I, I love Adam Dunn, and I know you do too. <laughs> but I know
1: you also know that when his legs went, they went. Oh yes, oh yes. And it kind of, you know, but it's it. You, I'm also looking at. I guess we should say and and and. I'm sure most people listening know that that these defensive statistics are really unreliable over even season long sample sizes right you know I think what I've seen is that I think 3 seasons of data to have a really good sense which by that point the player is aged so who knows and you know so the what it's looking like now I mean he would be having historically bad um If Jay Bruce is actually as bad as the numbers say he is right now, he would be having an historically bad season. He's probably not really that bad. You know, he's probably bad on the level he's been for the last couple of years. In which case, if he hits like this, and he's really not like, sorry, Adam Dunn when his legs fell off bad, (laughs) then (laughs) I just get kicked off Red Leg Nation. Yeah, pretty
0: much. I'm I'm, uh, tearing up Um, your contract as we speak. (laughs)
1: Um, if he's if he's really just, you know, kind of had an especially bad couple of months or whatever in the field, then he, he probably is worth talking about extending. You know, he did have that, that wrist injury that we brought up earlier, that it kills your power for a while, right? Yeah. And you know, it the the power kind of he had that real bad slump at the end of the year last year, but a couple months in last year his power just all of a sudden snapped back. And it's been there this year. So if he's Going to be the old Jay Bruce with power.
0: I I don't know. I mean, I think you can justify talking to both those guys and seeing if you can get a reasonable contract uh, for both of them. I think with Bruce, the red flag is obviously defense.
1: Uh, I will say this if we're talking, and I'm I'm not talking about defense here, but purely from an offensive standpoint, if I'm trying to decide who I want to rely on in my outfield, I'm going to rely on Jay Bruce. A lot quicker than uh, than Adam Duval.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: because Jay Bruce is two years older than Adam Duval. He's even a full two years older. I don't think he is. So, less than two years older than Adam Duval, and has you know almost infinitely more major league experience.
0: Two time Um, All Star. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah,
1: and he's and he's been a a very good player for a lot of it. So I you know I'm more confident that that Jay Bruce will continue to hit despite these last two pretty rough years than I am that Adam Duvall will continue to hit.
0: Yeah, I think there are, uh, again, there are reasons to believe that he's a different hitter and and may just be getting too excited over a good couple months. But I have sort of a similar story about when he first came up. We all were excited about him coming up anyway, number one pick, and just uh, he was the second coming, I guess. Uh, Right after he was called up, and if you remember the first couple weeks, he just was tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah,
1: you know, he, he destroyed, destroyed the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and we actually happened to be in uh, in New York uh, right after he came up. And I'm walking around uh, Midtown, New York, and there are people. The Reds were in town to play uh, the Yankees that week, and that's the reason why I planned my trip. I went to go see the Reds play at Yankee Stadium. And there were people walking all over the place wearing these Jay Bruce jerseys, you know, these, these uh, yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, Jersey, Jay Bruce, everywhere. I mean, it was just, and then, uh, you know, they'd see somebody else and they'd yell at each other. And it was really just a strange, strange uh, thing that I've never forgotten. And so some of that excitement that Bruce uh, brought early on.
1: Um, and I'll, I'll tell you an early, an early on Jay Bruce story. I don't know if you read this or recall it. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think I remember, I'm 99% sure I'm remembering this right. But one of the ways sort of Jay Bruce found his way into my heart quickly is somebody asked him about his really hard hot start in the major leagues and they asked what he attributed it to and his answer was small sample size
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> it's like good good <laughs> you've got your head on your shoulders kid. God, nice. Nice. Um, one of the reasons also why i'm fond of bruce is that when he was in uh in louisville as a matter of fact actually now that i think about it he may have been at dayton but he gave us an interview for red leg nation and uh mm-hmm. really we re- really appreciate that but um so, you know, I think, I think both those guys, Cozart and Bruce, I can make a good argument as to uh, why the Reds should try to sign them. I can make an equally good argument that the Reds really need to try to sell high here and, and see what they can get that can help them on the next uh, good Reds team. But if the Reds really truly believe, and this is what they've said, that they believe that in 2018 is when they think they can be you know, competitive, whatever that means, can be competitive again. Uh, if that's the case and you think in the next two years, the Reds are going to be back to being a, a, a decent team, I think there's a pretty good chance that Kozar and Bruce can be valuable members of that next competitive Reds team.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. And, you know, as, as we've kind of talked about, they also slot into places where there are kind of still some holes, right? Ex-
0: exactly, and that, that was the point I was going to make, is that that solves a couple of the problems that the Reds were going to have anyway. They're, they're, you know, they've got lots of spots they're going to have to fill. That would take two of them out of the equation. Oh.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I, I have been and still am, for instance, you know, um, a Billy Hamilton believer. I think I think he'll get it figured out. Um, you know, when, when people gripe about his bat, I always tell them to go look at Ozzy Smith's uh, first couple of years when he was Billy Hamilton's age. And he was just an, an abysmal hitter and turned himself into an, into an acceptably decent hitter. And that's all Hamilton has to do. If he's within shouting distance of a league average hitter, he's an all-star. Yes. Um, Because of his defense. Um, But, you know, I also still acknowledge the fact that Billy Hamilton might not cut it long-term. You know, if, if he can't get the bat there and sustain it over a long period of time, then all of a sudden, if you've gotten rid of Bruce then you're – I don't think Jesse – well, I can tell you, having seen him in Louisville, that Jesse Winker cannot cover enough ground to, to play all three outfield spots.
0: <laughs> not, Billy Hamilton might be able to, but not yeah, Jesse Winker. Yeah.
1: Jesse, Jesse Winker has a good enough challenge trying to cover one corner <laughs> right. outfield spot. And I'm a Jesse Winker believer, but he's he, he's not going he, to win beauty contests with his defense. Let's right. put that way.
0: Well, um, yeah, Billy Hamilton, again, if you want to squint and we're trying to be optimistic, you look – He's just 25, and, and this year, for the first time in a, in a while, he's, so far, a third of the way into the season. Shown real progress at the plate, uh, in my opinion. And uh-huh. so, yeah. You know, uh, the, I, I, I'm with you. There's a chance I'm not 100% sold on him being able to really uh, sustain uh, anything with the bat long term. But You know, uh, think
1: I, the thing I've always liked about Billy Hamilton is, and this is, initially this is going to sound weird, there is one aspect of him which reminds me of Joey Votto, <laughs> which is that whenever he knows what he's not good at, and he'll talk about how he's trying to improve it. He doesn't have the talent, you know, he's not Joey Votto, he's never going to be Joey Votto good, but to have a player who is very much in the mold of, I want to work on my weak spots so I can get better, I'm a lot more comfortable letting those guys mature than the guys who kind of come up and are like, yeah, this is just what I do. And there are plenty of players like that. And you know, if you're good enough, that flies, but I like that Hamilton is always willing to work on his game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's been doing that since he first came up. You've been hearing him say things like that. And and they were, uh, he sounded a lot like Joey Votto. I remember early on in his first, uh, spring training, I remember hearing a couple of conversations with him, uh, it was first conversation after being handed a role in Cincinnati. So, uh, he is reputed to be a hard worker who knows he's again just 25 i'm mm-hmm. not ready i'm not ready to give up on him
1: i mean he's got a, he's got several years before those legs go that's for sure i mean he's still you <laughs> i watch him run and i still think that the speed is messed up on the video
0: it's amazing yeah it's it's <laughs> he's just so much fun to watch it and, and like we all say if he could just get on base more uh that's he's so much fun defensively obviously it's fun to watch but running those bases is just a, a revelation something we none of us have ever really seen and uh I just wish he could get a chance to demonstrate that more. And, and he has this year a little bit. Uh, he's demonstrated it more. Higher on yeah. base percentage than your boy Adam Duval, Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, that slugging percentage is lagging behind Duvall a little bit. A little, but, uh, little,
0: <laughs> little. But, you
1: know, even that, I, you know, that's something I was talking about not long ago. He has, I'm going to look here real quick. All of last year, and he, he was hurt son, so 412 plate appearances. Or no, that's, not that's how many plate appearances. 454 plate appearances he had 15 extra base hits he has 15 extra base hits already this year right. i mean that's the, when it's june and you've matched your extra base hit total from the last year when you played most of the season you you have made some steps
0: yeah pretty pretty safe to say there's some improvement uh, absolutely yeah. so yeah. fingers crossed the, the only other guy that i wanted to really sort of talk about on the, the current <laughs> team is that we've not talked about. It I promise it's not uh, Caleb Cotham or Blake Wood. Um, it's Dan Straley. And this guy, I, I love his story because he was traded uh, after going through all the spring training with uh, Houston. He was traded on March 28th to uh, San Diego for a 35-year-old catcher, uh, backup catcher. He was... Uh, Placed on waivers three days later, where the Reds grabbed him. So that basically for free, grabbed him off the scrap heap. Um, I don't think San Diego really wanted to lose him, but uh, they were hoping to sneak him through and send him to AAA because he wasn't good enough to make the uh, Padres' opening day uh, roster. Comes to the Re- the Reds, grab him. He makes the opening day roster uh, at, into the in the bullpen without ever having made a single appearance for the Reds. It's reported that the Reds' front office had, hadn't actually seen him pitch. Uh, and they just they grabbed because they needed arms. They needed arms that were cheap. And yeah, I mean,
1: I was going to say, you know, look. In, in fairness, I've, I've got a four year old son, and, and we've been learning about baseball lately. I think he might have enough of an arm for the Reds bullpen right now.
0: <laughs> that's true. Right. That's true. It didn't take much, right? Um, and now you turn around. Australia's been, you know, pretty good. Argument. He's been their best starter. He made three appearances in the bullpen. They moved him in the rotation. Yeah. Got a three point three four ERA in uh, in ten starts and.
1: Yeah, and the, and the peripherals aren't quite that good, but like nope. overall, he looks like he's been about an average starter, major league starter so far.
0: And hey, I'll take that. Hey, uh, right? Yeah,
1: everybody will take that from the Reds right now.
0: Like you said about Mike Leake earlier, you know, even if you say Mike Leake is a league average pitcher, there's value in a league average pitcher. That's uh, that sounds like a criticism to a lot of people. There's value in that.
1: No, I think you know the. I think the way I sort of finally contextualized it for myself was when I realized that Mike Leek was, you know, league average or maybe a little bit better than league average, and he was the Reds' fifth best pitcher, an average baseball team has a league average pitcher as their number three starter. So if you have a league average pitcher as your fourth or fifth starter, then you have yourself a, a pretty nice pitching rotation. You know, that's... Yeah, that's- and that-
0: Absolutely, no question. And uh, okay, is Straley going to be a, a Michael Heek for the next few years? Well, no. Okay, maybe no, not. Yeah. Uh, but can he be a good pitcher for this team for you know a few years? Well, the Reds have him under uh, under lock and key at very favorable terms for I think the next four years, I believe. Maybe, yeah, maybe even longer. That
1: that sounds right. I mean, you, you know, he's been up and down a bunch, so you'd have to look at the service time. But yeah,
0: he, yeah, yeah, he's had options, um, but he. I think they've got him for four years. I believe that's what I saw when I was uh, researching yeah, it. That sounds to right on to me. And so he, you know, 27. That's another guy. Yeah. You plug him into the bullpen. Or this. Yeah, and
1: have him, you know, and, and you plug him into the bullpen, and he he's, has a long history of starting, so he can be that swing guy where, right. you know, if something happens in case of emergency, bring him in, have him pitch four innings, and, you know, don't kill your bullpen.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and he's a guy who. Has some pedigree. I mean, he was a decent prospect at one time. Lost his velocity. Worked with this uh, driveline baseball group out of Seattle um, in the offseason. Same group that Caleb Cotham worked with who are sort of revolutionizing uh, uh, pitching, I think, uh, if you really dig into it. And different drills, lifting weights. And all of a sudden, he's a, he's, his velocity's back to where it was before he started struggling. And, you know, who knows? Yeah. He's, a, he's a guy that can help this team. And he's he, he's barely making the league minimum now. It's just that's the type of things that have to work out as well, I think, for a for a team like the Reds to. Uh, they need guys like that, and uh, you,
1: you've got to find those guys, and you've got to find the kind of the guys who aren't being valued correctly, right? It's yeah. it's the, everybody thinks that, that sort of moneyball is just about statistics or whatever, but it's really just about who has a skill that nobody else is paying attention to that you can use. Grab that guy.
0: Yeah, allocate your resources in some of these places that are. Uh, you can
1: get him cheaper than you could get the same amount of value from somebody doing something that everybody's paying attention to.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So you know, it's a good story, and it's a guy that probably not a starter for the Reds long term, although he's been very good this year. But it's a guy that I think is a is a has a chance to be a really uh, valuable member of this team for a few years, and that's uh and that's good. Any, anybody else on the current major league team you think we need to? touch on um
1: no not really on the current team you know i think we've kind of hit everybody who's i, th- I think worth talking about it's not that long of a list sadly <laughs> um
0: what about the draft are we going to get mike trout or the second coming of mike trout uh
1: no i i believe they're going to get the second coming of joey botto okay i'll
0: sign up for I'm that
1: pretty sure that if they don't um Doug Gray, and this is a weird thing with the minor league system, but I think Doug Gray then has to uh, shovel the stalls at Churchill Downs for
0: three years. yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but I think that's, I think that's right yeah
1: it's in his contract somewhere <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure um, yeah, no I mean you know the uh, I haven't followed it too closely, and I know you said you haven't haven't either because it is hard to to pay attention um. um That I kind of wanted them to go with kind of an on-base percentage guy, um, as as I do. Though I just happened to look over um, at Twitter, and apparently a source—it's it's it's not a it's not a confirmed thing—but is that the Reds are going to go after AJ Puck, and that may you know we'll know by the time you get this podcast up, we'll know who they've gotten, but we don't right now um so you know who knows that's the kind of thing where you you draft your player and you wait three to five years and then you see what you get
0: but no no i don't want to hear about wait three to five years if they draft aj puck twitter will melt down tonight because why are they drafting pitchers they already got all these pitchers they need to draft a position player that's my imitation of the of the eggs on twitter so i hope you enjoyed that Uh, but but it it will it will uh, melt down um, are there any names that uh, you say you're, you're looking at on-base percentage? Any particular names you'd like to see the Reds? Um, think about is that number two. Spot? I,
1: I know his name when I look at it. <laughs> so closely, this is how closely I follow the draft. It's the third baseman from Tennessee.
0: That's the guy I was going to ask about, and I can't remember. His Senzel, name that, but... Senzel, yeah. yeah, uh, right? That's the guy yeah. who, uh, I don't know, I saw, I saw him as one of the guys the Reds were at least uh, in the mix on. Um, he's an on-base guy. I knew he was a great hitter.
1: Yeah, he's an on-base guy. I think when I, and this is, I mean, I'm just parroting the stuff that Doug has written. Doug does a great job of covering the minors, but he's walked, like, twice as many times as he struck out. Um, you know, the other hitters that I think were being looked at were were much more sort of power-oriented guys, and, um, boy, there's just so much danger in, in drafting somebody based off the power tool, um, especially if they're striking out a lot, because if you're striking out a lot in college, hmm, Let's see what happens when you face pitchers with real breaking pitches.
0: Right, right. And, but, you know, uh, maybe the flip side of that is it, he's in the SEC, which is a, a really good college baseball conference and so may not be too far away from uh yeah. big leagues.
1: I mean, we've seen that before. I mean, we keep talking about him even though he's not on the Reds anymore. Mike Leake certainly came up and provided value yeah. right away. You know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was, you know, didn't spend time in the minor leagues until that one random start, I think his second year. Yeah, um, But, yeah, I mean, if he could come up, he would be a third baseman. Uh, the Reds probably need at least one more infield prospect if they're not going to go all in on Kozar. Yeah. You know, Blandino doesn't seem to be getting it done. Um, I will d- do a little aside here and say that I think, I know the you know, people in Cincinnati have seen him a little bit, but I'm really excited about Jose Peraza. Um, I think he's going to be very good for a while. I, I'm more, the more I've watched, I'm more excited about him than I am about Winker. Shortstop, second base? Um, at shortstop, when I've seen him, he I, I'm not going to say he never makes a mistake because you know shortstop's a tough place to play, but very, very, very rarely does he misplay a ball. If, it, if he gets to it, he makes the play. Uh, he's got really good range to the second base side. Um, his range is not as good to the third base side. And I think that's the area that scouts, I think, have an issue with. You know, does he have the range to play shortstop? Right. Definitely has the arm. He has a great arm. Um, he has an excellent bat, and um, I know on Red luck Nation I, I, I got to interview him and uh, asked him about his plate approach, and he has actually said to me out loud that he is working hard this year on changing his plate approach so that he's not swinging at everything and is sort of taking a more patient approach, which is All you can ask for. And I mean, I noticed it right away in seeing his at bats that that he was really, he was not a free swinger, which is what he was supposed to be. He was taking pitches, very rarely swings at the first pitch. um, And, you know, he seemed to really be waiting for his pitch date. He doesn't have a ton of power, but he is fast. He's kind of, think of him as Billy Hamilton, but not quite as fast, but with a fair bit more power, but still not anything you call real power.
0: Well, but, you know, that's exciting. That's, again, another yeah. place the Reds are going to have to. And, and I think they, based on who they traded to get Peraza, I think the Reds were banking on him turning into a real player. So
1: Yeah, and I think I think this might be a case, you know, for all the, the criticism that we gave the Reds organization. And I know that officially it's Dick Williams now, but Walt Jockety's still up there hanging out. Um, you know, Jockety has been, in my opinion, kind of bad at free agent signings, but really good at trades. Yeah. Like he just keeps winning trades, and he makes a trade, and you're like, I don't know about that one. And then two years later, you're like, oh, That's a pretty good trade. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, so. you know, at, at some point, there's a critical mass here uh, where you got to say, Yeah, he he's consistently done very well uh, in trades, and, and I'm I'm thrilled with certainly the Mike Leake and uh, Johnny Cueto deals last year. I think just mm-hmm. look already looking like their home runs. Yeah, even though we love those guys, Cueto and Leake, uh, if they had to be traded. I think he did a good job. So, yes, sadly, sadly, yeah, we could we could have a whole podcast, and maybe we will someday, just reminiscing about Johnny Cueto and what a great guy, what a great pitcher that guy was.
1: We would have to do the first video podcast for that, though, so we could check <laughs> stills from his Instagram.
0: I don't want to. I, that's true, but if we did a video, I don't want people to see me cry. <laughs> so, uh, probably not a good idea. Uh, any any other draft thoughts before we uh, before we get out of here? No, I don't know.
1: You know, draft well, Reds. Draft well. Please.
0: <laughs> uh, well, please. You know, I, I don't really have too many thoughts either. I'm interested to see how what they do, how where they go. Because um, it's a little bit of a glimpse into what they think, uh, where they think they need to, to build a little bit within the organization. But on the other hand, so much of it is draft the best available. Uh, yeah. That, that I don't know how much you can, uh, can draw from. But it's always interesting.
1: And it really does make sense to draft sort of talent over... Uh, Need you know? Doug Gray pointed out that there were a few years ago where the Reds drafted two of the top five best position players in in the draft, and I can't even remember their names right now, which tells you something about the position playing talent in that draft.
0: I saw that one of them was Drew Stubbs. I remember. Yeah, yeah, names. Stubbs, and then
1: some, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's right.
0: Yeah, so unless it's somebody that you think's ready to step into the majors pretty quickly, um, probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to draft for uh, for need. Yeah. Um, well, anything else you think we need to – any other dead horses we need to beat before we go? I don't think so. Um,
1: I, you know, I will say this. I think that things are about to get a lot better in Cincinnati. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them be a 500 team in the second half.
0: Right, yeah. I, I, can, I can handle that. I agree. I think it could. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, I'm looking at Cincinnati's baseball reference page, and would you have guessed that we'd be in the uh, second week now of June – and, you know, at the, at the at the top of the page here, they list the top 12 by uh, baseball reference wins above replacement uh, so far in 2016. Would you have guessed that the Reds, at any time, that the Reds' top five in uh, wins above replacement would be number five, Brandon Finnegan, number four, Billy Hamilton, number three, Dan Straley, number two, Adam Duvall, number one, Zach Kozart.
1: No. Isn't that crazy? No. Never in one million years would I ever have guessed.
0: That. And in the top ten, Tim Adelman. Yeah. What a- and that's
1: for offense, kids.
0: <laughs> what a world we live in. Oh, um,
1: yeah, but you know, it's it's it's. It, I think we'll be fine. Joey Votto's coming around, so that's been nice to see. And uh, I, you know, like it's not about this year. That's what we keep telling ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and, and even though they've been terrible. I don't know. I'm still having fun talking about them. They're uh, they're still as interesting and as entertaining as ever. Um, so yeah, and it's just
1: it's fun to look and, and not have to worry about the postseason. In, in a way, it's less stressful. <laughs> it
0: is less it's, stressful. Just enjoy. You know, like it's just like
1: oh, let's see who's you know who's how are how are the kids doing today? You know how's Hamilton doing? Uh, you know, how, look at look at the minor leaguers and see how they're doing. You know how's how's Finnegan's last start doing? You know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, is, I,
0: I agree. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you uh, uh, coming back on the podcast here, and I'm going to count on you to get into the regular rotation here uh, this season and, and talk more, especially since you've been at, had a chance to watch watch them in Louisville a little bit more often. Uh, give us an update at Down on the Farm occasionally.
1: Anytime, sir. I'm happy to do it.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate it. Listen, I uh, uh, really appreciate you guys uh, downloading the podcast. Now you got a lot of things you could be doing with your time. You could be listening to Marty Brenneman or uh, Jim Day, uh, instead, some of you are downloading the podcast and listening to it, and we really do appreciate that. Uh, again, it's uh, redlegnation.com every day. There's uh, great stuff there every day. I hope you go and, and, and comment. The podcast, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us at redlegnationradio.com. But go on iTunes. If you like us, you know, g- give us a give us a review, a like, uh, or a rating on uh, iTunes. It helps uh, make it more visible, uh, it helps us move up the rankings. If you If you review, as I always say, if you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Um, You can follow uh, Jason on Twitter at Jason Linden, J-A-S-O-N-L-I-N-D-E-N. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Okay, you can follow me at Dotson C if you wanted to. I can't imagine why you'd want to. Follow us at Red Leg Nation as well on Twitter. Uh, Again, really appreciate you taking the time with us today. For Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying so long. (laughs)